It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is the Two Mats for the week ending Friday, the 2nd of February. It's a February podcast... February fund- It is February already. Oh, blimey. And this is a podcast funded by a nefarious cabal of new European readers. A growing number of nefarious people. Who funds you, Matt? Uh, well, you do. You're my <laughs> boss. So, uh, nefarious Matt Well, let's Kelly. be transparent about that. Oh, we're going to be transparent, yeah. yeah. What do we talk about this episode? What should we... Uh... Uh, we made merry around the, um, the the ridiculous figure of Lawrence Fox. and his, did. Uh, amongst other things. Yeah. And then we talked... Uh, about about this... Rishi fasting. Rishi's, Rishi's diet regime. Yes. And then we talked about the great Jürgen Klopp. Oh, yeah. So, two idiots and one great man. And one great man. So, <laughs> <laughs> we could call it that. No, but no. Should we call it that? Or... Two idiots and a great man. Will people click on that? That's no. what we want, though. No, you see, and, and you know, though we hate clickbait, we love it. Yeah. And so... Um, <laughs> we entirely we're, it. We despise it um, yeah. and stand above it. What about and, yeah. Lawrence Fox Off? Lawrence Fox Off? Lawrence Fox Off. Love it. That's clicky, isn't it? It is very clicky. All right. Okay. So this is The Two Mats, episode 31, Lawrence Fox Off. Enjoy. Enjoy. So, Matt, what are we talking about this week? Well, I think it would be a shame not to celebrate... Heap. Heap derision <laughs> upon... Derision upon Lawrence Fox. Um, the tawdry horror that is Lawrence Fox, losing his <laughs> um, high court libel battle on Monday. Yeah. Uh, maybe, actually, uh, producer Matt can give us a quick uh, burst of the... Uh, the world's least appealing bohemian standing in front of the courts. <laughs> what is a racist? Every single person in this country knows what a racist is except the people that dominate every single national institution that we have and every single organisation which has got uh, anything to do with educating our children and everything else. This racism term is is used just as a point of disagreement and and a point of, I don't like you, therefore you're a racist. But this is a great and wonderful country and I admire and I respect this country and I fight for it and I fight for my children and I fight for everybody else out there who doesn't have my platform, who gets called these vicious slurs and I just want a definition of the word. 
Right, that's enough of that. Well, I mean, that's proving what a racist is. You know, there should have been a caption underneath saying (laughs) "and racist" and racist. He seems to misunderstand what a defamation trial is all about, though. He does. It's got nothing to do with the definition of racist. It's whether he's damaged his reputation or not. Completely. And uh, should we give a little bit of background? Yes, I think that's good. Read into it. So, in October 2020, Lawrence Fox announced he would (laughs) boycott. Sainsbury's, you know, which I imagine came as a terrible <laughs> shock to them because, and I quote, they support racial segregation and discrimination. And uh, all this was was that the store had established some safe spaces, uh, which were online support groups in the heat of Black Lives Matter and to show support for Black History Month. It Well, to use his phrase, really, it's a nothing burger of a complaint, right? right, right. However, people rightly said, what you, you know, what are you doing? And um, yeah. amongst the people that, that said you're being racist were the uh, former RuPaul Drag Race contestant Cristal mm-hmm. and Simon Blake, who is former deputy chair of uh, the LGBT rights ch- charity Stonewall. And uh, he responded, Fox, Loza. to their yeah. Loza, responded by calling them charmingly paedophiles, mm-hmm. right? Straight as the Elon Musk social media. Exactly, the, 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 yeah. the Thai guy stuff and all that. Yeah. Um, and so they totally reasonably said, well, they were going to sue Fox for defamation. And he countersued uh, for defamation about racism. And it's not good to swoon over judges as a rule, but I am going <laughs> to. Mrs. Justice Collins Rice, who's my new hero, ruled in on, on Monday that Lawrence Fox's labelling of Crystal and Blake as paedophiles was seriously harmful, defamatory and baseless, which is sounds to me common sense. But the brilliant thing was the judge then said, yes, calling someone a racist can have an inherently defamatory tendency. However, and this is a big however, Mr. Fox did not sufficiently show the tweets had caused harm to his reputation, basically because <laughs> he didn't have one. Yeah. And uh, or, and this was the killer quote, make readers adversely change their minds about him to that degree. He yeah. basically he had no reputation to lose. Exactly. And and this was a, that's a really good judgment. Yeah, I think. And it, uh, it it it, I mean, the Lawrence Fox saga, tawdry and horrible as it is, has been going on basically since November 2020 when he appeared famously on Question Time. Yeah. And he got crazy because an audience member called him a white privileged male. And ever since then, he's just been engaged on this one man. Really, he's a troll. He's a provo- he provocateur. He seems to be having some sort of a chronic breakdown as well. Well, I think he? you know he you know. It, it also clutching at straws to explain the drying up of his acting career yeah you know he was i think he was hathaway wasn't he on on lewis or you know he yeah had a, he, that was his only big role um didn't he say he was he was tapped up or he was about to be tapped up for a job on succession yes and, but and the succession writers said we did new, talk about him news but to us is, but we talked about him a lot not, but not, not in, not in part. yeah i mean it, and bond i think as well bond, you know yeah. but you know he is by any meaning of the word he is is an is a racist and done racist stuff. So last August he posted a photo of himself in blackface. Yeah. Describing himself yeah. as having racially transitioned, ho ho ho. Huh. In September, he got into a, a to and fro with a guy called Sace Holmes Lewis, who's the CEO of uh, a mentoring organization called Mentivity. And um Fox said on Twitter, I suggest you F off back to Jamaica. Now that's mm. o- clearly openly racist. So yeah. You know, he and and then there's little things like in that long speech, which went on for nine minutes, the whole thing, you know, I was watching it and 
he said he was complaining about people saying outrageously horrible things. Well, this is a guy who on GB News in September called the very good journalist Ava Evans horribly misogynistic things. Yes, that's right. Um, and in fact, eventually, you know, it's pretty high bar, got sacked from, from GB, GB News. And took a few others down with him, didn't he? Yeah, Calvin... The Preacher. Robinson, the Preacher. Yeah. The preacher. Um, no one can remember your name now. And, 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 you know, he was arrested in October for um, over comments that appear to encourage people to vandalise Ule's cameras. And, yeah. you know, he's just uh, a prov- provocateur. He's a trickster. He's not a serious person. But there is a bigger story here, isn't there? Yes. Which is, and, and There's a, yes, there is. Marina Hyde wrote a great column yeah. about Lawrence Fox and ended it, I thought, quite rightly saying, you know, he's the monkey. Let's talk about the organ grinder. And the organ grinder is a man called Jeremy Hosking. Who's a, a who's very a wealthy man. Very wealthy Asset guy. manager and businessman. And as may, I think he's worth something like 350 million quid. Yeah. Um, and he has literally pumped millions into uh, the Leave campaign, into um, a, a, a new magazine called The Critic, which yes. is which you know contains some, some good pieces, some yeah. good pieces, yeah. but yeah. some kind of stuff I look at and think, wow, that's on the far end of a spectrum, you know, of political kind of messaging. But he's also, I mean, he's pumped like tens and ten, maybe hundreds of thousands of pounds towards Andrew Bridgen. Yeah, and, and more, more, more millions, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, extraordinary amounts of interest-free loans to his... By the way, anybody who wants to entertain themselves for 10 minutes, look at Andrew Bridgen's Register of Interests and in the House of Commons. <laughs> it's, a good, it's unbelievable. Really? It goes on and on and on and on. He has a lot of it's interest. It's incredible. And, and apparently, he's, I mean, it's the most bizarre story because he's, he's funding Bridgen's battle with his family uh, over their potato business. I mean, it's the most surreal thing. But he's also giving uh, Lawrence Fox hundreds of thousands of pounds. uh, Well, I mean, Lawrence Fox's so-called reclaim party. Yeah. I wonder how many members that has. Um, Hartskin gave, in the first quarter of 2021, uh, more than a million quid in cash and services. Wow. Lots of money. So what you you have here is, as you say... um, Lots of plutocrats playing games, giving money to unsavoury people. And it's all, a game is the word, because it's this game being played by alt-right parties and alt-right funders. You know, it is sort of people's front of Judea and Judea people's front. So if Lawrence Fox hates anyone more than people like us, it's the reform with Richard Tice, because reform has come out in favour of vaccination, which, of course, he regards as you know, basically being communist. (laughs) And they engage in these kind of um, pretend entertain, semi-entertaining rows. Yeah. He's a ghastly figure, but he does have a platform and he does get onto the telly and he does get play on social media. And I don't know what you think, but I mean, my kind of takeaways, I mean, obviously delighted that what happened happened and and I, I hope he disappears, but I'm pretty sure he won't. But the other thing is that there is a broader question, which is that Lawrence Fox and people like him they demean serious questions about and debates about social justice issues, which are really important. Yeah. So I, I did a book a couple of years ago about identity politics and I got really stuck into it. And it seemed to me that, yes, I mean, a lot of liberals hate identity politics, but 
Identity politics is something we've all got to come to terms with because it's a necessary reproach to old school liberalism and universalism. And it's partly because meritocracy and the courts haven't worked. And, and just, Matt, just explain, because I mean, there'll be some people who are sitting there thinking, what do you mean exactly by identity oh, okay. politics? Well, it's a good question. Uh, well, identity politics is a politics where instead of seeing yourself primarily as an individual, you see yourself primarily as being a member of a protected category or a racial group or whatever it might be. And, of course, that's contrary to the Enlightenment tradition, the idea of individual citizenship, and people balk at it. But the reason it has happened is because the system has failed. I mean, Black Lives Matter and Me Too didn't happen just to be awkward. They happened because people of colour and women felt that the system wasn't addressing them. Now... There's all sorts of subtle issues that have come out of that. And some of it's really, really detailed. So to give an example, you know, I think one of the problems with identity politics is it tends to be a bit scolding. It tends to be too opposed to free speech. So last week, a woman called Joe Phoenix won her case in against the Open University. She's a gender critical feminist and the tribunal found that she had indeed been constructively dismissed by the OU and harassed. And that was sort of one case. And, you know, then you look at um, the whole Andrew Tate phenomenon. And I was looking today in the paper and it said, one in four UK males Mm. aged 16 to 29 believe it's harder to be a man than a woman. And a fifth now look favourably on the social media influencer Andrew Tate, according to an episode. Incredible. An openly extreme misogynist. Yeah. So there's that. And then... You know, Sathnam Sanghera, the great Sathnam Sanghera, has just yeah. got a new and brilliant book out called Empire World, which is trying to address uh, questions of, you know, the, the long-term impact of colonisation upon world history and, you know, brilliant. And this is a really important... There are a whole series of things going on and they're not all... They don't all run in parallel streams, but they're what they have in common is that they're subtle and nuanced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some sometimes they... The, the response to them leads to a terrible overcorrection like um, Ron DeSantis's Florida where, you know, there's the, he calls it the place where woke goes to die and, yeah. and there are these terrible repressive laws now which mean you can't even teach critical race theory or gender ideology in yeah. universities, which is insane. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you don't... There's a difference between saying universities shouldn't be captured by those ideologies, but it's absolutely the case that students should know about them they're important and yeah. and, and you know important and uh, you're very relevant ideas so and my sense my sense is that it's it's become like a new taboo in society discussing it and people are slightly afraid to discuss it yeah um in, maybe in a way that you'd be you know reluctant to talk about sex or mental health yes. 20 years ago yeah. now people are terrified about talking about identity politics yeah. And then it opens the door to people who are brazenly not yes. to come in and, and they start it, polarising exactly. the whole that's why I, That's why I said that I think that the, the, the fatal flaw in, in, in the social justice movements is, is not so much an intellectual one, but it's a, it's a kind of intolerance of, um, yeah. of anyone who disagrees even slightly. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. as it were, unless you capitulate immediately yeah. and take stenography, yeah. You're a fascist. And, and the language of the condemnation yes. is bizarre. And know. and this is very strong, particularly on campuses. I mean, yeah. there's no point in denying it. It's very strong in publishing. It's very strong in some sections of the media. And that is a dead end. You know, you have to be able to, uh, in a civilised way, you know, there have to be discussions. And there are some issues which do have to be 
litigated by the courts. Um, and the problem, just to go circle back to Lawrence Fox, is that people like him take issues about like what it is to be a racist and weaponize them and turn them into clickbait or a yeah. circus act. And it's incredibly regressive because I'm sure that there are some people, not many, but some, or maybe there are many, I don't know, who listening to that buffoon standing in front of the Court of Justice in his spray-on jeans with his <laughs> annoying scarf and think, yeah, no, he's right, he's right. You know, you can't yeah. say nothing anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that it's really important to push back against that and say all these issues are going to dominate not dominate but they're going to play a very important part in politics in the next 10 or 15 years and you can't just some liberals i think just say no i hate identity politics i don't want anything to do with it well that that's not an option anymore Mm. um generationally or in fact logically um but it's a subtle nuanced delicate business yeah and this people like him with their kind of performative outrage. Yeah. Just don't take the debate anywhere. So there was an email that he was forced to disclose in this trial, which opened the whole lid on what he's doing and what his game is. And he used that word, the game. I'm getting paid a fortune for this game, he there said. Better to be rich and hated than poor and out of work from Asda, he said. That was his. Well, that's that, what the email that, said. That tells you everything. And he's you need getting two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year from Jeremy Hoskins via the Reclaim Party. And the thing that I'm fascinated about is that it's not obviously it's not just these weird, spiky, um, acute incidents of people popping up and being funded by this, you know, what you could call dark money. Yeah. But there are institutions that have had dramatic effects on British life in the last decade or longer that are entirely opaque in their funding and yet get huge visibility on national platforms like Question Time, the BBC or politics, lunchtime shows and all of this with their spokespeople talking and and increasingly being challenged about who is paying you to talk. There should be, I mean, we've talked before about Thing, you know, low-hanging fruit for Keir Starmer. And one of the things that he should definitely do in the Electoral Commission and other regulatory bodies is encourage total transparency of funding. Yeah. You know, you should know when you watch someone on the telly who is funding them, who's paying their wages. Exactly. So the Institute of Economic Affairs is, right. the, is, who, the, who, is the standout case. Yeah. Where And there's no question they have had a dramatic effect on our nation. Yes. They have... Uh, groomed people like Liz Truss and Quasi Quarteng. And, and they go back to the, the early Thatcherism. I mean, yeah. it, it's a, it, you know, but no one knows where they get their money from. Right. Nobody and, and, knows. And, and it's essential always to know where the money comes yeah. from. Um, and oddly enough, there's more transparency in America than there is here. And I think that, you know, it's a, this is now a clear and present danger, actually. We need to know who uh, is, is funding people like Lawrence Fox. Because actually, the question to be asked about someone like Fox is, What's he really there to do? Because he's not an electoral actor, actually. I mean, he, he lost his deposit in the Uxbridge and, and Ryslip by-election last July. He got nowhere in the London mayoral race. He stands as a sort of, um, you know, screaming Lord racist candidate, you know, yeah. in these things. But, he, but he's not ever going to be elected to anything. No. Um, but his, but he's, his role in the culture is actually to do just what he did, which is to stand in front of 
the courts and say I'm being oppressed. Now, he's not able to turn that to his advantage in the way that, say, Trump is in America. But we need to be very alive to the fact that even as we, I mean, it's rightly we're scorning him because he's, yeah. he's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, he's preposterous. But there's a model there which a more impressive and eloquent and less preposterous figure could use. Totally. And also there'll be people screaming at their computers or iPhones or whatever they're listening to this on saying, well, stop talking about him then. You know, yeah. if he's just a, a, a figure of ridicule, stop giving them the oxygen. And I, I, I completely agree with that, except to say that it's a I very think, dangerous principle. That It is because it gives them a free hit. And also, I think the more when we talk about Lawrence Fox, the more we talk about the people who are funding him, yes. the better. You know, I think the more limelight. This is what these guys don't want. They don't want the limelight shone on them. They yes. want them shone on the monkeys, like like Lawrence That's Fox right. I mean, you, dancing you, by the organ. You know, you, know? you asked the right question there, which is what? Okay, here's this idiot. But who is pulling the strings? Who's funding it? That's the question. And that's why we have to keep talking about people like Lawrence yeah. Fox is because there will be others and a lot of them, you yeah. know, because this is going to the issues about which Lawrence Fox speaks in a very unimpressive and defamatory way are going to be with us for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And there will be people will pay people like him to do things like this. Yeah. Um, and so to that objection, which is don't give them the oxygen of publicity, that's always to me a very dangerous um, argument for journalism generally, because that means not giving, not covering things that, of which you disapprove. And how do you make that judgment? You know, it's, it, 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 it's a breach of the covenant of journalism. You know, yeah. our our job is to tell people what's going on, good or yeah. bad. But at the same time, to do so with open eyes and say, he's not just a, a, a failed actor making an idiot of himself, teehee. Actually, there is something quite alarming going on, which is there's a plutocrat behind him giving him lots of money to carry on this crazy campaign. And you need to watch out for the next one. And Definitely. there will there will be a next one. Definitely. Well, I'm gonna. what I'm going to do is ask um, James Ball, who's a terrific investigator great man yeah great, great journalist and who does a, a great column in the new european each week uh to dig into not the monkeys but the organ grinders and that'd be great the, do you, those organ, on those organ grinders in full yeah 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 yeah. we'll do a piece on the dark money and uh find out as much as we can about and you know when you think guys. that reform is now uh certainly an, a factor in um the coming general election and reclaim is a, is a joke party but we need to know about that ecosphere of far right groupings and yeah. you know how they're being funded as you say and yeah. and, and what what is their game plan yeah you know what are they really up to and the yeah because i'm i'm quite you know it's always dangerous to you start thinking it all it all starts feeling like a conspiracy but i do suspect that there is a kind of macro um organize not 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 a formal organization but there's a, def, a network there's a definite network of people, and I'm sure it's coordinated to some degree or other, yeah. and they are bent on moving people's um, opinions to a way that is clearly detrimental to the people themselves, but beneficial to this very small group of Yes, and I think that, that they, they are, I mean, one of the things that can never be underestimated is the extent to which all this came together during and after COVID, yeah. which is let's use people's 
unresolved feelings about the pandemic and turn them against science, turn them against the state, yeah. turn them against doctors. You know, yeah. now this is, again, as ever, much more pronounced in America. Yeah. But you can see it here. Oh, definitely. And, and the same thing happened over Brexit, of course. Let's get people fear, fearful about what it means to be British. Yes. And what does it mean to have a Polish supermarket in your village? And are you being overrun? You know, and, yes. right, let's close the borders. Let's take back control. You know, I mean, it's you, hypnotic you, you, nonsense. You know, people always say anti-vax is um, predominantly amongst ethnic minorities. And it's it's true. There is There is an element of that. And that's connected to the actually very disturbing history of um, the connection between medicine and ethnic minorities. There are reasons for that. But let's not, you know, we all know middle-class people who, as a luxury belief since COVID, have started to become anti-vax and look at the measles rates. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they are now, it is now... Well, the bloody Daily Mail campaigned for years or suggested for years that the MMR... Right, but that was was a problem, you know, and was dangerous. And now we're seeing kids dying because of that. E- you know, even well though, done, Paul Dacre. Even though Wakefield's Lancet report was 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 di- retracted, and he was struck off what decades? I mean, long, long time ago. Yeah. The the long tail of that has continued, and of course, it's been given fresh uh, air by yeah, yeah. the COVID uh, arguments. And so, I, I just think there's a whole cluster of things here where I, I want to know more about. Who's funding what and to what end? Yeah. I really do. Yeah. By the way, did you see, talking of Brexit, did you see Andrea, Andrea Ledson? Um, there was a clip on social media. I th- was it Kay Burley she was talking to? Kay yeah, Burley did yeah, a good yeah. interview with her and and was saying, you know, all these um, price rises and, and businesses going out of business because of these new checks at the border. And Andrea Ledson, with a straight face, saying... People knew all about that. Businesses knew all about that. But what struck me is she actually used the phrase, or of course, people are talking about it this week because it's all coming home to roost. And I thought, amazing. You're actually using the phrase chickens coming home to roost to describe the the thing that you campaigned for. The chickens that you specifically denied did not exist. Did not you exist. know, the whole thing was there are no chickens. Yeah, there are right? chickens. There ain't no. no chickens here. No, but but now suddenly chickens, they're all you know, Well, in. we told you there were chickens and now they're coming home to roost. What are you complaining about? Unbelievable. I mean, I do think, I, I don't know what your uh, snap view of the, the, the New Deal on Northern Ireland is, but uh-huh. my feeling is that it's much less stable than it looks because uh, Priti Patel yesterday in the House of Commons uh, asked Chris Heaton-Harris, the Northern Ireland Secretary, whether... Brexit divergence would still be possible. And Heaton Harris said something to the effect of, oh, yes, you know, subject to the needs of the United Kingdom. So in other words, Mm. no. (laughs) (laughs) Because in order to keep Northern Ireland in this strange, still in the single market position, it will actually be very difficult for uh, governments in this country to diverge from European Standards. No, of course. Perhaps it can be used as a model for the rest of the, the country. You know, uh, do you know what? I think, to yeah. be honest, um, it's probably good news because if Starmer wins, he's not going to want to diverge from no, European standards. And actually, that might make the case for going back in the single market a little bit easier. Who knows? Right. Anyway, thank you for that first half. We're going to take a very quick break and we'll be back in a moment with more of the same. More of the same. And yet better. <laughs> but better. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, uh, Mr. President, uh, thank you, firstly, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to be on the two mats. My favorite podcast well, that's very generous of you to say that and i would a wondered, very generous guy i came in here i said what a generous guy i wondered whether you would extend that generosity to telling the good folks about our wonderful newspaper the new european wonderful newspaper yeah build a wall with new europeans i wish i mr president i wish they would you are a subscriber yourself aren't you had a subscription since it was founded yeah from the beginning i said brexit what a beautiful thing yeah that's right i, I want the new european i think you misunderstood the premise of the new european if you don't mind me saying so mr president <laughs> what a nasty thing to say <laughs> sad sad may i tell the audience how to get a subscription mr president a lot of guys would do it going to a news agent not yeah. our guys no. our guys go online which president are you now <laughs> mr president <laughs> john f kennedy <laughs> Author of Profiles in Courage. Right. I have it on audiobook. Well, Mr. Trump, thank you so much for that. And if people do want to follow up on your fantastic words of wisdom, they can get a subscription by going to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S. And you can have it from just one pound a week. Or if you like to get the newspaper delivered, as the president does, all the way to the White House, every single All the way week. to Mar-a-Lago, I said to Melania, where's my new European? She said, I've already read it. <laughs> you can Baron, get my son, he reads it. You can get Never that. Never seen, don't, wouldn't recognise it. <laughs> he, I mean, he has shot up, Mr. President. What are you feeding him? KFC. <laughs> 
Healthy foods, healthy yeah. American foods. If you want to subscribe, and I commend it to you, if it's good enough for Donald, it's good enough for you, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. You can have it for just a pound a week or two pounds a week if you want the newspaper delivered every single week. And that is a saving of more than 80% on the newsstand. So please do it. Support our journalism. Make the media great again. That's enough, Mr. President, really. Thank you. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday was the anniversary of Bakelite, the plastic that changed the world. Then Tuesday marked the day a woman turned up in New York claiming to be Princess Anastasia. On Wednesday, Charlie Chaplin stepped out as the tramp for the first time. On Thursday, we uncovered the story of the first credit card. And on Friday, we celebrate 22 years since the first Pop Idol final. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. So welcome back. Uh, Thank you for staying with us. Matt, what are we going to talk about in part two? Well, a lot of people are going on about World War Three, but frankly, the real issue of our time (laughs) is the Prime Minister's um, fasting regime. Um, (laughs) And it was very funny. It's not long enough, is my is my. Yeah, well, no, exactly. You know, go for it, Rishi. Um, so what happened was there was a sort of brief, and it's still going on. You know, new plot, plot mark chapter ten. Simon Clark, former uh, cabinet minister and close ally of Liz Truss, writing in the Telegraph that. It's time for Sunak to go. And you could see that they were thinking towards the end of the week, oh, we better release something that shows how tough he is. So they briefed the, the Sunday Times that Rishi does not eat from 5pm on a Sunday afternoon until 5am on Tuesday morning. Woof, woof, yeah. right? <laughs> and, it, you know, the quotes un, unattributed were, he's incredibly disciplined. It's remarkable, really, given that he's often on visits or doing PMQ prep on a Monday. It's a real testament to the discipline, focus and determination that he shows in all aspects of his life and work. Now, okay, (laughs) so they're trying to make him sound like David Goggins, right? You know, strong-willed, Butch. It's only a matter of time before he's photographed, sort of bare, bare-chested on a horse. On a horse, you know exactly. He's sort of river. Putin on ketosis, so uh, <laughs> doing his. I mean, but as always with Rishi, when he does one of these things, it backfires immediately. So yeah. one of the things that made me laugh was, and I WhatsApped you immediately about this, was I looked up. Because I had a, a vague uh, memory of someone telling me that ketosis is actually very bad for you yeah, unless yeah. you really know what you're doing. And so here are some of the side effects of this is ketosis is when you you fast long enough, uh, like 36 hours, that your body actually basically starts to eat itself, starts to eat fat. It's a metabolic state. Um, The side effects include headache, fatigue, brain fog, constipation, poor sleep, nausea and decreased physical performance. Now, that to me is a pretty (laughs) accurate description of our glorious government. I mean, if you wanted to describe, if you wanted to sort of give a medical diagnosis of this government, that that nails it. Yeah. What's he, what's be, I mean, this is clearly some sort of, he thinks, he he thinks that he can win a popularity contest, doesn't he? Well, this is, I mean, and and now we're at the bone, which is, um, almost literally almost Rishi. literally Rishi um, the idea that that would appeal yeah. to people right now so by coincidence on Tuesday in the Commons a petition was laid down um, drawing attention to the fact that bear, wait for this one in four UK households with children have experienced food insecurity mm. estimating 
four million children. This is the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom, the fifth or sixth most wealthy country in the world. Mm. 28% of young mothers are skipping meals every day, every day, with this figure rising to 37% of young mums who are on universal credit. So... Can we just say that again one more time? Because in the United people might Kingdom, have just missed the numbers. Twenty-seven percent, twenty-eight percent, twenty-eight percent. So of, more than one in four young mothers are skipping are meals. Skipping meals right. because they are skint. So the idea that it's going to appeal to the electorate that he is doing this out of choice. Yeah, he is starving himself out of choice, and 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 then parading the fact as evidence of his Mm. flinty character it does show i mean i think that out of touch actually is going to be one of the big vote winners for you know what it's reminiscent of is that guy jack dorsey the the twitter founder who was famous for his kind of like uber extreme diets and and exercise regimes and it's all this kind of Silicon Valley vibe that Sunak's in love with someone I think uh, wrote a column about how basically this is this is the talk of a tech bro yeah and it it really is Um, and and there's something um, I mean it's funny as usual with Rishi it's funny yeah but there's also something tasteless about it. I mean, he, he, he went on to this morning this week with Ryland Clark and Rochelle Humes to talk about it all. Um, and it was, you know, made a big joke about it. Oh, I do have the odd nut, I'll say. Um, <laughs> but I mean, actually, again, you know, that's a programme with a mass viewership, mm. of, which I'm sure includes many of the people that we've just been talking about who are mums who are skipping meals, who have yeah. kids who are not, you know, eating enough. Yeah. And just to listen to this idiot talking about how he, you know, uh, the reason he's so brilliant is because for 36 hours at the beginning of the week, he doesn't eat anything. No one cares. And and, um, keep it to yourself, mate. He's a clown, He's which reminds me of this week's new European front cover, which you'll enjoy. I won't give give it away completely, but it's the one uh, that's coming coming the, up. The next one, yeah, which is um, which depicts him in a clown like. I think I'm fashion. writing this, aren't I? You are writing it. You haven't seen the cover yet, though, have you? Well, give me the cover and then I can yeah, write yeah, yeah. it. I am. <laughs> the, well, I am the caption writer. I'm torn between two covers. One is a um, one is a very wonderful homage to the great George Lewis of uh, Esquire magazine design. And he once did a fantastic Richard Nixon cover where Nixon was had all these hands kind of doing his makeup and stuff like this after his appalling TV show. So there's an idea based around that. And then there's an idea, you can tell we rip all our ideas off from people who are genuinely creative. There's an idea oh, from- Great artists still, Of man. course, great as Picasso still. said. Yeah. Um, there's an idea based on um, an Obama front cover that a magazine called Adbusters did. So anyway, there's two different ideas. Uh, I don't know which one we're going to go with yet, but both of them are very funny. He's so a joker. We'll yeah. He's a joker. He is. He's not as cool as Joachim Phoenix. He definitely not as Joachim Phoenix. Um, now, you used a word there um, in your summary of ketosis, which or the symptoms of ketosis, um, brain fog. Oh, yes. Which well, is, of course. Which yeah. is the... But this is the best um, seeg into something else I want to talk about, which is Jurgen Klopp. Ah, well. Because the funniest moment of the great... By the way, if people don't know, I am a Liverpool fan, so there's my declaration of interest. You might have picked that up. Um, Jurgen Klopp in a press conference um, says, someone said, 
as they were starting the press conference, he heard somebody off camera, off microphone saying, complaining about suffering from brain fog, right? And he said, why can't I say that when you can say it? And whenever I say it, everybody complains and tells me that I can't say it. And he said, what, what are you talking about? He said, I can't never say the word brain fuck, right? <laughs> and they went, the whole room burst out loud. He said, no, 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 not brain fuck, brain, brain fog. fog. And Jürgen was like, oh, what's that? This guy, so it was all explained to him. Anyway, that's my way into talking a yeah. little bit about a man I think has transformed not only a football club's fortunes and, and sense of self, but a, a city, really, a whole city's sense of self. There may be Evertonians switching off now and throwing their computers into canals. Well, we can handle that. I suspect most Evertonians would agree that Klopp has been nothing but good for, for Liverpool, the city. And I, ju I just thought it was worth talking about how a man, a woman, from a totally different walk of life can have such a sort of sense of political rightness about yes. them in the best possible way, you know, and of humanity and, he, and of, of socialism with a, a lowercase s, you know, and just a sense of dignity that he has somehow through football articulated the values of an entire city yeah. and beyond you know i think it's utterly incredible and totally commendable there's something going on i mean as you know uh, my knowledge of football is very extensive and uh, yeah. you know i've taught you all despite you know, your father being a newcastle i know player, i know it's it's, know. it's 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 appalling i know yeah, it's yeah. do. but i do think what is interesting is that sports leaders and sports people seem to me to be one of the last group of people that have trust yeah so you know we've we've talked about dear england and gareth southgate and yeah. all that and and then you know the lionesses and um and klopp seems to me to be another person who falls into that category yes you know and the, i think maybe that's why they the role model they hate gary lineker so much well because he's because so he's strong. trusted you know you know and he is i mean he is the most I mean, he's one of the Tim Davy, the DG of the BBC. You know, for him, Lineker is one of the biggest problems because he is not controllable. Yeah, and he's dangerous because people trust him. Yes, because yeah. exactly and he tells the truth. Exactly, you know, it's not like a news presenter. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, tweeting. Yeah. You know, when Lineker tweets, people listen. They may not agree, but you know, he has a huge trust rating. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating that sports. I know sports is is not without controversy, but it when you compare it to politics, the judiciary, business, you know, it, 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 the levels of trust in sport are very high. Yes. There's something in that. Definitely, definitely. There's there's also um, a passion, which yes. is easily, I think it's easily articulated in sport. And it's it's a funny thing when, if you, when you see a, you see the cop, for instance, with the, before the game singing, you'll never walk alone. Mm. And you think about who that, those people are singing that song collectively, like a hymn. I once took um, Tony Parsons, who's a friend of mine, to, to watch Liverpool Man United. And we had really good seats in the main stand. And uh, and they started singing, You'll Never Walk Alone. Right now, Tony's a mad Arsenal fan. Yes, right? I know, yeah. And he won't thank me for saying this, but there was this chirpy Cockney voice behind me going, When you walk through a storm. <laughs> I turned around and said, Tony. You know, he said, "Well, it's you can't not sing. It's like being in church, you know." You to, and and it was it was true. There is a religious aspect oh, yeah, to yeah, it yeah. that that um, overtakes um, the kind of things you'd be embarrassed of in day to day life. Yeah. But suddenly, grown men are hugging each other, singing yeah. a hymn on the terraces. You know, whichever club you go to, yeah. we've all got our hymns now. And there's something wonderful 
and it shouldn't be underestimated about the power of sport i think to elevate people yes and it, and it and it and that sense of belonging and identification yeah. you have so yeah. you know one of the great sporting stories certainly of my lifetime has been the kind of um, meteoric rise of women's football yeah you know which frankly was yeah. you know in quite a misogynistic way treated as a joke until suddenly it's everywhere and people talk about uh men's you know they actually say men the men's football the yeah. international side that's you know right. you know that's because right. because to distinguish them from the lionesses and we all know yeah. the lionesses by name and it, it's yeah. this is a great i mean this tells you something about the growth areas in our culture yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, politics. Mean, very, very good timing for me because my brilliant and your daughter, daughter Sky, yeah. Sky plays for Millwall, Millwall under 18s. Oh, so, so she's gone up to under 18 now? She's of course, up to yeah. under 18. Wow. So, and they're having a good season. They're in good cup competitions. It's a great team. Awesome. And, uh, awesome. You know, it's wonderful to behold. Um, and and occasionally I, I uh, run the line for them, which mortifies my daughter. She says, Brilliant. I take it far too seriously and I run too hard with the other no dads kidding. just sauntering up and down. <laughs> but, it's no, 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 it's... but no, you're right. It's great. And it's it's um, people like Joey Barton who, I mean, Joey Barton's made himself a complete arse uh, yes. in, in this stuff about, I don't want women commentators on radio telling me about football because they've never been tackled by grown men. It just so, sounds well, like with John Motson about moment. 100 years out of date. It totally. To- and but what's interesting is that if he was a politician, yeah. that would in that would entrench the they're all the same yeah. instinct. Whereas he is like he's just an idiot. Yeah. He's just an idiot. It's a shame because because he's not an idiot. I don't think he is an idiot. Well, he's, he's an idiot to say that, though, he's isn't he? He's an idiot he? to say that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's unreconstructed nonsense. It is, it is. And it also shows that he's not looking outside the window. It really Because is. people, you know, all of this country was behind the lionesses. It totally. wasn't yeah, yeah. No, a, I think a gendered he's in, thing at all. he embarrassed himself on that score. He really was. Listen, that's a wonderful conversation. So farewell, Jürgen. And we'll, and, you know, we'll come back to Jürgen when he Godspeed leaves. Godspeed and, and, you know. and Liverpool for the title, etc., etc. Exactly. So please, I hope you've enjoyed all that. Get your questions in, any feedback, whether you like it or loathe it. Let us know to uh, the two mats at tnepublishing.com. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S at tnepublishing.com. And thank you for all those who have emailed in last week. We love getting your emails and uh, and feedback and if you're listening on spotify you can message us very easily there just by tapping into the little box on the on the podcast page and that's exactly what jonathan fogel did who says the new european this week highlights the right-wing press seeking to smear starmer his brexit stance smears him why is the new european supporting starmer and a brexit party Answer well, maybe we'll come back with that and answer that directly, uh, Jonathan, in the in Q&A. Our Q&A episode. Coming up on Sunday, indeed. So, thank you for that, Jonathan. Please remember our subscription offer. If you like this podcast, you will love the New European. Head to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two M A T T S, and there is a link in the show notes, and it's the best way to support our journalism. Thank you, as ever, to producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio, assisted by Ollie Piart. And until next week, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.